Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Mark Cox Morning Show. Hopefully you were able to tune in there in the last hour. It was a big one. Uh, we had uh, Congressman Eric Burleson on. We had uh, Lawrence Jones, the co-host of uh, Fox and Friends, the newest co-host, uh, along with uh, Brian Kilmeade and uh, Steve Ducey and Ainsley and all of them. Uh, he was in St. Louis covering our crime problem, as Kim pointed out to him. Gee, thanks, Lawrence, for including us in your top three. So honored we made that list, the most dangerous cities. I mean, we've we've made that list for how many years now? Well, he's flying around the country. He's doing a tour, right? He was in Memphis. He, he They got a big problem. D.C., he's heading there now. He came here. He's going to D.C. next. What do all those cities have in common? Hmm. He pointed it out. Yeah, progressive uh, left-wing leaders and defunding police. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, what are we, three, two 8,300, over 300 officers down on the force right now. Uh, they just can't hire them fast enough. And it's it's um, and we're getting national attention for it, unfortunately. But bring back a bring part. back a youth basketball because that will solve the crime problem. <laughs> That's going to do it, Mark. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and what about the um, we had more shootings overnight, as you've been covering. Uh, and these were some off-duty police officers involved in this, correct? Yeah, North St. Louis, three suspects shot at three off-duty police officers, one shot in the face, in the back. And then, I mean, just a lot of stuff happening overnight. Then some person plowed into people and cars overnight at 18th and Olive. One person died from that, several others injured. An officer involved shooting in the city uh, Tuesday morning. There was a lot that happened in the city in the last 24 hours. Yeah, we, and we don't have a lot of details on the, the shooting of, uh, involving those three off-duty officers, but we're hoping to get more on that today. So, like I said, uh, quite a bit going on. We still got Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft coming up here at about 28-2 after, and we'll get to Chanel Rion. We haven't had Chanel on in a while. She's uh, been taking a little bit of time away to work on some stuff, but uh, we're going to get her on here at 835. You know, I was talking about this, and we'll talk about it again in a second. Uh, the the Bobolinsky testimony yesterday, the 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 Ukraine connection, the China connection to the Biden family. Chanel was on the cutting edge of covering this years ago, uh, and and the mainstream media ignored it. And now suddenly it's congressional testimony because finally the Republicans are in charge of Congress and they can bring some of this to light. So we'll talk more about all of that. In fact, Carl, right now in the shortlist, please. The Mark Cox shortlist. 
I believe that the bank records combined with the testimony are overwhelming. Okay. That is uh, Congressman Ben Klein commenting on the testimony yesterday of, of Tony Bobulinski, who said, hey, you know what? There's no doubt Joe Biden was the big guy who got 10% of everything Hunter earned using his influence. I've been pointing out for the last few reports that, in fact, inflation was no longer falling and was probably going to climb again. And that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, not out of the woods. That is an economist. His name happens to be John Carney, and uh, he's talking about inflation. It's about the world's geopolitical issue. Point. And, the and these boys so who are 13, 14, 15, they will be the ones to go. They will have the draft back again. <laughs> the sky is falling. The sky is falling, says Joy Behar. If Trump gets back in, it's World War III, and then there's going to be a draft and all of your kids are going to have to go. This bill gives them the middle finger and says, we care more about Ukraine than we care about our southern border. Yeah. Rand Paul talked to, you know, his comments, it's funny. He said that yesterday. Uh, this morning, we just had Congressman Eric Burleson on who said, listen, it, it, it just set aside your emotions about what's going on in Ukraine or, or Israel, for that matter, because the funding bill funded both. Set all that aside and just consider the lack of priority in on behalf of the United States Senate and a bunch of Republicans who voted for this thing. They are more concerned about the border of Ukraine uh, and Gaza than they are about the border of the United States of America and will do nothing to fix it. They don't need congressional action to fix it necessarily, but the bill they brought forward would have just made things worse. It would have just made things worse. Uh, they have no, it, it's just not, it's not a priority for too many people in Washington, D.C. It's pathetic. You can't possibly claim to be an America first president if that's where your priority oh, is. Not at all. L listen to Rand Paul's uh, full comment. It wasn't very long. Go to cut 11, please. That's what this bill is. It's the middle finger to America. This bill is the middle finger to every working man and woman in America, every struggling American family. This bill gives them the middle finger and says, we don't care about you. We care more about Ukraine than we care about our southern border. Yeah, think about that. Now, so I started to play some of this earlier and I, because I thought it, I think it's interesting. Brianna Keeler on on. Uh, CNN, right? She's been the, she's been the morning anchor over there for a while. Years ago, y years ago, she used to work for uh, one of the uh, like business side of CBS News, and I used to have her on as a guest uh, on our morning show years ago doing business updates before she went to CNN. I had no idea what kind of a hard lefty she was, uh, but she is. And uh, Brianna Keeler is getting into an argument with a congresswoman yesterday about the impact of the open border. And, and her aggressiveness on this really surprised me because her point was it's not it, – it, it, all of the deaths that are happening for fentanyl in this country, they're not all related to illegals carrying fentanyl across the border. But if the border was closed, the cartels 
couldn't get the fentanyl across the border or they'd have a much harder time getting it across the border. But Brianna Keeler didn't care about any of that in arguing uh, with this congresswoman. Listen. We have seen damage untold to our country and, again, the deaths of tens of thousands of Americans. H- how so? I'm sorry? The deaths of tens of thousands of Americans. Yeah, we've had over 110,000 Americans who have died as a result of fentanyl poisoning that has come in over our borders. We have had increases in crime across our, our country, in cities all across our country, where you're okay, looking at people so who have been killed about, by DUI, don't you, by, by, don't by people you who are here illegally, who are, who are you know, drinking while dri- under, no. under drinking and driving and killing families who are beating our police officers. Ma'am, those are U.S. citizens bringing the fentanyl in. Aren't you aware of this? It's more than, it's overwhelming. The vast majority, like the vast majority of fentanyl is coming in with American citizens. Where's she getting that information from? Well, the Joe Biden for president.com. That's not untrue. A lot of the people that have been arrested for bringing fentanyl across the border happen to have U.S. citizenship, or they are dual citizens. Where are they getting it, though? The cartels. Exactly. And they're coming across the border in I- illegally carrying drugs into this country. It's still a and byproduct of the, the it, issue at the border. Of, of the border. And all Brianna Keeler wanted to do was get in an argument with this woman that you, there's no way you can relate fentanyl deaths in the U.S. to the border problem, which is insane. But this is the media circling the wagons for... Uh, for Joe Biden and his administration. Again, here we go. All right, coming up, uh, Jay Ashcroft, Missouri Secretary of State, a governor uh, candidate as well, just got a new poll out. You know, I talked to his opponent, Bill Eigel, about this yesterday, uh, but this poll shows Jay Ashcroft with a pretty significant lead over everybody in this race. We're going to get his reaction coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last. Boy, that's the truth, isn't it? Particularly when it comes to polling, if you're involved in a race uh, for governor, maybe, like uh, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft is right now. Uh, Secretary, welcome back to the show. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I saw that uh, the results of that. I think, what, it was at an AWS poll or something like that that came out yesterday. AWR out of Illinois, yeah. Yeah, so that you referred to that as an independent poll. That was not part of your campaign, right? No, I, I didn't know about that poll until it was published by other people. I was happy to see it, but no, we didn't do that. Yeah, sh- shows you with a uh, a big lead over both of your opponents in this race at this point. Although still a large number undecided, uh, that's pretty significant. 
It is. I think people are still uh, not even really thinking about the election. As months go by, we'll see that undecided get smaller as people start to think about the election. I mean, they're working jobs. They're keeping kids where they need to be for activities. They're putting food on the table. But what I really enjoy is uh, I think people are rewarding me for what I've done, for making such a big difference in our elections so that people can trust our elections in, in Missouri, for leading the charge to protect our land from foreign governments in the legislature, from uh, leading the charge to protect our children in libraries, to make sure that parents are in charge of how their kids are raised. Uh, that's what I really love to see. The people of Missouri are concerned about getting good conservative policy moved forward, and I think that's why they're rewarding me. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a there's a favorability rating on there as well that that ranked you among uh, higher than the other two candidates here, uh, uh, Mike Kehoe or Bill Igel. What what do you think contributes to that? Is it just statewide name recognition or uh, your efforts as Secretary of State? <laughs> well, it's not just statewide name recognition because I'm pretty sure that Joe Biden is well known, but I don't think he's going <laughs> to have near the favorability rating in Missouri. No, I think they. It's not just name recognition. But they see what I've done. And I think the people of this state are sick and tired of politicians that say they'll do something and don't or say that they will govern as conservatives and govern as moderates or, 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 you know, central Democrats. And they've seen that I've stood up for the issues that matter. I've worked to get things done. I, I haven't kowtowed to the lobbyists in Jefferson City. That's what they want. And I think they're rewarding me for that. Mr. Secretary, I don't know if we've spoken to you since you had that altercation with that pro-Palestine protester where I think I read that they they grabbed you and they actually tried to push you to the ground. Well, now they're having issues with them at St. Louis County Council and they're having to figure out new ways to hold those meetings because of all of these protesters. I mean, what do we do about this? Because clearly it's becoming an issue and they're getting violent. Well, it is an issue. And the simple answer is, If people just want to use their First Amendment right to protest, that's fine. But when they want to criminally, physically assault people, you arrest them. Um, I know that St. Louis County and St. Louis City has had problems with the concept of actually arresting criminals and protecting law-abiding citizens. But that's all you have to do. Enforce the law. You cannot allow protesters to stop legal meetings from occurring because well, frankly, they're stupid and they want to support terrorist organizations that right now have Americans held hostage over in the Middle East. Yeah, that's very true. And it, it disturbing. You watch the the stories this morning of uh, the police lining the the uh, uh, city county council meeting last night, I should say, out of concern that there might have been some problems over there. So so, uh, Mr. Secretary, let me ask you this. I know you were in the Supreme Court last week for those arguments. I'm a little surprised the court hasn't ruled on this yet. You think maybe before the end of this week they got to move fast because ballots are being uh, uh, printed up all over the country? Yeah, I hope they'll move before the end of the week. The the only other thing that I can think of is I think they're probably trying to make sure that they get a unanimous verdict. When I was in the courtroom, you know, I filed the brief on that. My sense was that they were – uh, about eight justices that were clearly in favor of making sure the people could decide and putting Trump back on the ballot. One justice, Justice Sotomayor, that wasn't so clear about where she stood. It may be that they're delaying to make sure that they find an opinion that is 9-0 to make sure the people decide and doesn't destroy our republic. Do you worry that might be that might require that to be a bit more narrow opinion and still cause problems? I don't think so. Um, I think that the the vast majority of the justices understand how terrible 
uh, the outcome that Colorado and Maine want would be for our country. I don't think they'll allow that to happen. They don't want cases like this to continue up. They don't want cases after the primaries or after the caucuses. They don't want cases after the November election, but before the presidential electors vote. I'm I'm sure that whatever they do will be a comprehensive decision. And I think they'll just point the finger at Congress and say, if Congress wants states or uh, federal judges to be able to do this, the amendment says they can write that legislation. Yeah, that's true. Jay Ashcroft, thanks for your time today. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, Secretary of State uh, Jay Ashcroft there and wanted to get his take on that. I I keep looking at the calendar for the SCOTUS and uh, there's there's nothing uh, on here. Uh, I don't know when they're going to make a a decision. I would really think they need to do it by the end of this week, early next week at the latest, uh, because uh, they're they're printing ballots all over the country in uh, for primaries and stuff that that are going on. So. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to get to Chanel Rion, who who broke a lot of this foreign interference stuff with Biden years ago. Uh, we're going to get an update from her right after the break. I have also heard that Vice President Biden said on Tuesday that Senator Ron Johnson, the chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, should be ashamed for suggesting that Biden family sought to profit from their name. Well, here are the facts I know, and everything I'm saying is corroborated by emails WhatsApp chats, agreements, documents, and other evidence. And the American people can judge for themselves. That is Tony Bobolinsky, if you didn't recognize the voice. Uh, and you know what? <laughs> that was in October of 2020. You heard him refer to him then as Vice President Biden. Ron Johnson and a lot of people were bringing up this Biden corruption story a long time before the man ever got elected president and the mainstream media flat out ignored it. Happy to have Chanel Rion back with us, Chief White House Correspondent for One American News. Chanel, it's been a while. I'm glad to have you back. How are you? It has been. Good to be back, Mark. Thanks. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope someone sent you a lot of flowers, Mark. (laughs) Yeah, highly unlikely, but thank you for that. I I appreciate it. (laughs) You know, I was was just thinking about this. I'm reading all this. uh, The mainstream media is finally having to pay attention to Tony Bobolinsky because Congress has had him testify yesterday. We don't know what all he said. We saw his opening statement, but it sounded an awful lot like what he already said publicly before Joe Biden ever got elected. I mean, this is this is this was the tip of the iceberg way back then and nobody in the mainstream media covered it. You know, I I don't think that the world of media and journalism will ever have the self-reflection to look back on all of this and notice this trend. You will not, I don't think that we're going to have classes of young journalists going to journalism school sitting in class being told how abysmal this has been for the field of journalism and the field of media and the fourth estate. I didn't go to journalism school, thank God. Uh, (laughs) They don't teach this and they won't teach this. There's not going to be any kind of self-reflection when they look back on the fact that there were stories and there were witnesses, there were pieces of evidence floating around and trying to get to the surface, trying to reveal itself as the truth that the media completely ignored in its pursuit of 
trying to play God, trying to be the gatekeeper, trying to trying to change the course of history by their journalism and their editorializing. And it's not them. They're not the ones who are making decisions. It's someone else who's on a conference call telling them what questions to ask, telling them what stories to write, telling them what headlines to put in. But there's not going to be any kind of self-reflection. Your audience, Mark, you and I have had conversations about the stories OEN has put together years ago, where we were talking about the very things that suddenly the media has to come to terms with. But when we first came out with it, it was all, quote, conspiracy theory, right? When Bob Ulinsky came out, oh, no, he's not someone we should listen to. He's just this wild man on Fox. They will not have the self-reflection to look back and, and admit that they were lying to themselves and lying to the world, and they will be seen as liars in history when people look back on this. Chanel, this is Kim. I know it would be hard to ignore the special counsel's report on Joe Biden saying he's this elderly man with a poor memory. But I have to say I was surprised that the mainstream media even reported on it. Is there any glimmer of hope that the mainstream media might actually print some more things that are, I don't know, not the greatest about Joe Biden or his family? They they absolutely have to. But they now have to reconcile the fact that, you know, when when. When there were those brief moments where the press was allowed these blessed few seconds access to Joe Biden, which is unbelievable, by the way, in the course of presidential history and media access, no administration has been this reclusive. But when the media recalls that, you know, the first few weeks of covering the Biden administration, there were just so many moments behind the scenes where we would look at each other, and this is on both sides of the aisle, look at each other and go, is this for real? Is this guy, like, is this guy going to make it? Is he going to be okay? Is he going to, walk, is he going to be able to walk through that door? Is he going to be able to continue to talk? And those of us who were honestly reporting on this were pointing this out a while ago. But now it is much more difficult for the media to cover any of his discrepancies up and so now they are co- now the media is covering their bases. They have to admit to all of this. They have to talk about it. They have to talk about his mental decline. But let's add something else. The report from special counsel Her was remarkably convenient. And I think this was this is possibly let's just talk about let's speculate now. Let's not talk about, you know, facts right now. Let's just speculate, strategize, figure out what they're trying to do. How remarkably convenient for Biden to just lean on his mental decline as a way to step out of all the things that are about to come down the pipeline against him and his family. Hmm. Yeah, I did. That, 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 that's true. I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, if he's not competent to stand trial for this, but he's competent enough to be leader of the free world, but he certainly wouldn't be competent in an, a different case either, I guess, is the point. Yeah. yeah that, well, that's, that's the yeah, liberals. Yeah. That's the Democrat justice system, too. They're not. Wow. They'll put someone in charge who, who's, in their eyes, competent enough to run the country, but not actually competent enough to withstand an actual justice system. Jeez. Jeez. Have you been, have you been working on any other big investigations? You know, one story I will really encourage your viewers to keep an eye on. Um, I did an interview uh, last week. We were tracking the trial in Georgia, Curling v. Raffensperger case. I don't know if you've been covering or listening to that 
trial. This is a six years long trial, one of the most comprehensive election integrity cases in the country. Um, this was a case started by not Republicans, but by Democrats six years ago in Georgia. The plaintiffs were suing the state of Georgia, saying that the, the secretary of state was infringing on Georgian voters' rights because the election systems that they were using were compromised. At least that was what the trial alleged. Trial concluded two weeks ago, Mark. Do look at VoterGA.com or, uh, or just pull up the actual court trial case. The revelations from that case are stunning because at this moment, um, we, have, we have a nation where Donald Trump, if he were facing a fair election, would very is almost a slam dunk the next president of the United States. But the questions raised in these in this Curling v. Raffensperger case are absolutely mind-boggling. And it's not me saying this. These are experts who have testified in this trial. Let me give you just a few examples and maybe tantalize your viewers to go look at look at it more. Uh, an, ex, uh, an election integrity expert, Dr. Halderman, walked in took a ballpoint pen, poked the machine that was being used in, across the state of Georgia, and was able to demonstrate that within about five minutes and some very basic tools, he was able to uh, commandeer the machine. The report that came out of this trial has now caused our Department of Homeland Security to reverse course on its statement that we had the most secure election in history in 2020, DHS is now saying we do need to look into these systems. We do need to look into these vulnerabilities because the state of Georgia, keep in mind, was allegedly won by Joe Biden by 11,000 points. This trial, in Raffen the Raffensperger trial, showed several things, including the fact that 104,000 ballots do not have their corresponding ballot images. Wow. Uh, that is an insane. <laughs> number. It is. And the problem is the Secretary of State continues to block his, hold his hand up and say, this is not worth looking into. Guys, what are we talking about? Wow. Let's keep these systems. This is nothing. This is, this. we have a very secure election. Keep really? in mind, the system that Georgia is using at this moment yep. is a system that the one expert, the cybersecurity expert of Georgia, the official cybersecurity expert of Georgia, told the government, told the Secretary of State not to use. He said, do not use the system. It is dangerous. It is, it is something that has vulnerabilities. We need to investigate further. And Secretary of State's office in Georgia says, no, yeah. nothing to look at here. Ch Chanel, we will uh, we'll look into that and uh, try to report on it a little more. I appreciate the uh, the insight, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Absolutely. Chanel Rion, uh, One America News there, uh, chief White House correspondent and uh, just done a great job uh, covering a lot of Biden family corruption years ago that the other media just ignored, just flat out ignored, continues to in many cases. Quick break. Back in a minute. I'm not white. I, I, nothing about being white describes who I am. I'm more black than I'm white. That's the accurate answer from my truth. Remember Rachel Dolezal? Do you remember that name? Mm -mm. She was she was the lady who was born to two parents as white as I am, uh, who ended up darkening her skin 
and claiming she was black and ended up being the head of an NAACP chapter until somebody figured out she wasn't black. Wow. She's a complete fraud, right? So after all that blew up, it kind of ruined her life, right? After her fraud. So guess what? Somebody found her. She's now working in an elementary school somewhere in Arizona. She's changed her name to in Checky Diallo, and uh, she's got an OnlyFans page now. I mean this like, genuinely. <laughs> if someone can identify as a man and they're actually a woman or vice versa, what stops anyone from being white and identifying as black? Well, I, I mean, mean, I'm genuinely asking that. Th- this all happened years, years ago, ago. But if it had happened today, why couldn't I identify as that? And why would you not have to treat me as such? She was a trendsetter. That's what you're saying, right? She'd be I mean, accepted now, or she, she should be, based on what the the lefties say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, I thought you'd find that interesting. She's now making thousands of dollars on on OnlyFans. I don't know how she identifies on there. <laughs> I guess, oh, I can I guess, think of a few words, oh, probably. Yeah, Everyone's so on OnlyFans these days. <laughs> My gosh. Stay off it, kids, or anybody for that matter. Oh, man. Uh, Mark, we have to say Mark Dost, Granite City, Illinois. He won today the Santana tickets. Yeah, congratulations. We'll give away more tickets uh, tomorrow for you. Hey, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for the chocolate, Kim. We appreciate that. You bet. Uh, Happy Ash Wednesday, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Brian Kilmeade coming up next. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.